Hey guys, I'm Richard Fitzgerald. This is Dubai Works, where we interview the business leaders making a difference in this great city. That business with scalability was very interesting to me. I like building something that has legacy. Welcome back to another episode of Dubai Works Business Podcast. Today, we are joined by Waleed Shahabi. He is the co-founder and CSO, Chief Strategy, Strategy Officer, Officer. Yeah, of Keeper. <laughs> <laughs> they are UAE's first-of-its-kind prop tech app, uh, curating an ecosystem of real estate uh, stakeholders to provide the best experience for property investors. So we're going to talk about how he and his co-founder came up with Keeper, uh, the tenancy market in the UAE, their plans for the future, uh, and yeah, particularly talk about you know current trends around the World Cup and short-term rentals. Uh, good morning, Waleed. Good morning. We tried to do this the other day, and now we're finally sitting and chatting. So it's true, mostly my uh, my <laughs> mistake. Yeah. No, no problem. No, all good. It's good to be here. Yeah. So it's uh, it's end of the week. Has uh, end end of the year. How are things going? Oh, things are uh, things are brilliant. Uh, very busy. Uh, a lot to focus and work on before the uh, the end of the year. Uh, there's a lot of planning for a marketing launch and a lot of product development work that we're doing in order to be uh, to be ready for the uh, major uh, uh, market launch. So crunch time, but it's a lot of fun and it's uh, it's it's lovely to see you know thoughts become reality in in a product like uh, like ours. And what were those thoughts? What is Keeper? Oh, you want to get a preview <laughs> into my head? It's uh, <laughs> it's a little bit crazy in. This there. Uh, but uh, to, to sum up all, all the words that you mentioned, it's, it's pretty much we're, we're a digital property manager, a property manager in your pocket, uh, yeah. effectively. And our target audience is uh, at this stage in our uh, life cycle, uh, the property investor in Dubai, uh, the, uh, the investor that uh, acquired real estate for uh, investment purposes, meaning capital gains and uh, rental returns on that property. Uh, and then potentially accumulated additional uh, properties or traded in the market and so on. Um, and it's that customer base that we believe is, is severely underserved in, uh, in the market. And uh, they don't need to be. Uh, they have invested a lot of capital into this, uh, into this asset class. And there's a lot of tools that can help them achieve their investment ob objectives. And we're trying to deliver on those. And what are the things that they're underserved? What do they? What does that person need? Uh, they need visibility. They need live information. They need market updates. They need guidance uh, potentially on uh, where to deploy and how. Uh, they need help in uh, looking at certain uh, options and assessing them uh, properly from a investor's perspective. Uh, they need also their counterparts in the industry to understand their objectives rather than push on them their uh, their own uh, priorities mm. and that doesn't exist to a large degree in the market what we thought of and what we provided and this is the result of personal pain right this is the result of going through the pain cycle myself as a property investor as a property fund manager and a, as a property operator in mm. uh, in dubai is that we realized how much is missing in that journey in terms of solutions that the market could be uh, could be offering and uh, we took on that challenge 
Amazing. So how did the name Keeper come up? Uh, good question, that one. Um, that almost ended the company before it started. <laughs> Arguments <laughs> about the name. Uh, but no, that's, uh, that's an exaggeration. But the, the, the truth is, it's the third one that we, uh, that we adopted. And neither one of the founders can claim it. It was in, you know, what, we, what ended up being the 15th meeting about the, uh, the name. Uh, that somebody that hadn't contributed much in the previous debates uh, came up with the name, put it on the table, and we all looked at it, and, and it was a light bulb moment. It was absolutely, this is it. Um, and we all loved it because of what it implies. Uh, there's a trust element in, uh, in, implied in there, and then the word itself lends itself to a good description of what we do. We keep your properties in safe hands. We keep, uh, you know, your portfolio uh, taken care of. We are a property keeper uh, in, uh, in effect. And then we started using that name in order to describe different functions within the company, which was a lot of fun, mm -hmm. uh, like the talent keeper being our HR person and, uh, nice. and, and so on. So it, it caught on, um, you know, anybody who is uh, outperforming, we call them a keeper, you know, she's a keeper, he's a keeper. Uh, and, uh, you know, it caught on and it was, uh, it, it ended up being part of our culture and our own brand, uh, brand identity. Yeah, definitely. And so tell us a little bit background. Uh, you kind of alluded to the fact that, you know, the real estate industry quite well. Uh, is this your first startup? Are you one of those? Yeah, it is. Uh, it is not. Uh, my my original background is in finance. It's in uh, uh, investment banking. So the investment space is very, very familiar to me in, in Dubai in particular. And I was in that industry for 15 years. And, and my focus during that period was data research insights, uh, etc. on the domestic and regional capital markets or stock, uh, stock markets. And this period in real estate reminds me a lot of those early periods where I was involved in, uh, in research, where there was a lot of speculators in the market, but not a lot of true knowledge, research and insights being provided and, and, and proper objective advice being provided to people who are deploying money into this, uh, into this asset class. So I, I spent 10 years effectively building research and data capabilities within my previous uh, role in, in investment banking and, and had a very, very deep appreciation of what data can do, mm. what proper information presented properly, uh, processed properly, uh, and presented objectively can do in terms of your, uh, you know, your performance, your investment performance, and the trust that you have with the advisor that you have in, mm. uh, in, in that particular asset class. And I took that with me for my first startup. Um, I, my first startup was in 2012, and they tell you, if you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So my startup was a fund, right? Mm. I had investors that I had built up over uh, years, strong relationships that, uh, that trusted me. Um, and I raised from them a real estate fund to invest in Dubai. Uh, and that was the early days of Airbnb. And the idea was, if operated uh, properly, we could convert these residential assets into hospitality assets and generate significantly more returns from that. And that was pretty much the birth uh, of the short-term rental industry at the time. Back in 2012, it was a very, very early stage of, of adoption of Airbnb as a hospitality alternative. So I jumped in, created an operating company that operated these assets, the ones that we bought in the fund, 
uh, for short-term rentals, which means we furnished them and we listed them on the sites and then created our own booking engine and booking uh, site for these properties and started generating returns and learned as we go. I'm not a hospitality guy, but I dove right into the hospitality sector to understand guest and guest expectations and the channel itself and how it works and the algorithm and what puts us higher uh, and gives us more eyeballs looking at these uh, properties and uh, um, it, it was amazing airbnbs become you Ubiquitous. I don't know if I say this word right. Is, yeah. is that right? Sounds yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it became, uh, you, uh, you know, synonymous, if you like, yeah. with the short-term rental space, with the vacation rental uh, uh, space. But back then, it was still very, very early days. So they were figuring things out as we were figuring things out in yeah. the short-term rental industry here. Um, but at the company is still up and running. It's called Hometown. It manages uh, not just the assets of the uh, fund, but also the majority, actually, of, of the properties it manages are third-party uh, properties, people who invested in assets and want to utilize it in, in short-term uh, rentals. Uh, but as I built that company and over the, uh, the years and the cycles of the market, um, I hit every pain point you can imagine being a property owner, investor, uh, and operator. Uh, from financing to access to uh, to data, uh, live data, to access to reporting tools and and access to um, uh, solutions that are uh, you know quick and deliver on on my requirement and and over time I just accumulated so many of these requirements. Uh, I, I slowly, gradually found out that they weren't just my requirements. Pretty much everybody with the same intention of acquiring property for investment purposes has very, very similar uh, pain points and has very similar requirements to the ones that I, I witnessed. And uh, uh, when I found an alignment with my co-founder, uh, Omar, um, we started the company, got great support, uh, raised our initial uh, funds, and we've been up and running since the beginning of uh, this year. Amazing. Beginning of 2022. So you sort of came up with the idea post-pandemic. Uh, it's been a night, it's something, a solution that you think is felt in the market. And what sort of, uh, you know, what was the sort of trigger point for you to go, okay, we're going to do this. We need funds to do this. And this is going to be in the, in the prop tech sector. Um, well, it's a couple of things, I would say. Uh, I, the time was right. The time was right, I believe, from my preparedness for the, uh, for the project. Uh, but also the time was right from what I found to be, number one, the technology caught up with the requirement. Uh, my knowledge of the technology caught up with the requirement. And access to data became so much better. Mm. Uh, in the domestic market in Dubai. So putting these three together, you have the ability to create a product that actually, and it's our belief, that can revolutionize the experience of a property uh, owner in uh, in Dubai and pretty much anywhere else that, that shares the same profile as this city. Okay, so if I'm a property owner and I register now or in a couple of months I go on to uh, Keeper, uh, what's the experience and how, what do I get out of it? Uh, it's pretty much digitizing your portfolios, digitizing yeah. your ownership of the uh, of the asset. So the first base that we built was pretty much mapping Dubai. Uh, we mapped okay. every single unit in Dubai with all its details, with all its information, and then matched it to uh, the feed uh, coming in through open data uh, from the Dubai land department related to transactions and related to uh, leasing and related to mortgages and, and all the uh, property-related uh, 
uh, feeds that were coming in uh, live. Um, so the experience uh, allows you as a property owner effectively to claim your property on the platform and have it digitally represented. Uh, we give you immediately a live valuation on your property based on the current existing market transactions, plus a forward-looking component to it because we also find what listings there are of similar properties in the market and we apply an algorithm to come very close to what your property is worth today, showing you what your capital gains or losses on that position were compared to your original acquisition price. Yeah. We capture the returns that you're generating, so if the property is leased, what your yield is, what your cash flow looks like, what your expenses are. You don't need to enter that information. We already have it. Brilliant. All you need to do is claim that property. Um, and then we activate the solutions. So the platform itself is free. You can go in, create your user, um, claim your properties. And the claiming process is very, very easy because we've mapped uh, Dubai and mapped all the locations and the units within those locations. You just go in and claim your property and then all the rest of the feed comes. So in. you have to verify it with a title deed? With or... a title deed, yeah. which we verify uh, back with the Dubai Land Department. This is a digital verification confirming the ownership of the property property and that enables you effectively to claim it nobody else can claim that property until you sell it on that uh, on our platform uh, and you claim all the data feeding into it um, and the data feeding in we've we've expanded the remnant of that data so it's not just based on the property you own but based on your profile uh, which effectively means that, um, you know, if you own a number of properties, but there is a debt component to them and there's payments out to the uh, to the bank, uh, we try to capture that and we represent it to you so that you can manage your cash flows to find out whether your rent is covering those payments or whether there needs to be an additional uh, an additional cash uh, injection in order to cover that mortgage, for example. Mm. Uh, or um, we can tell you what similar properties to yours have been trading. So the minute that you know you claim that property, it's live and you're viewing uh, your valuation, you start getting notifications that you know you own unit 505, unit 605 just sold for this much. Right. Mm. And now, you know, there's a live market transaction that just happened on a similar unit to yours. And that gives you insight and input that you didn't have otherwise, or you would have had to go out of your way to look for that information. The feed becomes natural and related to your portfolio. Mm. And what's the revenue model? Um, we provide the services. So mm. uh, the minute that, uh, you know, you are on that platform, you are able to, to make use of uh, the solutions that are available on that platform. The primary solution that we provide is property management. So effectively removing the uh, responsibility of actually dealing with your tenant, performing on your property, dealing with maintenance issues, um, dealing with payment and payment processing and dealing with expenses such as your owner's association fee payments and so on, we can take that over and you'll still have a fantastic reporting tool that tells you everything that we're doing uh, completely transparently while you give us also the, uh, the input on what your objective is, what kind of performance you're looking for. Um, we also digitize the process of coming to market. 
if the property is getting vacant in the next couple of months, you can activate the listing process. So we will pro we will make that property live even before the existing tenant exits, so that we can perform on it because we capture all the marketing collaterals into that uh, app itself. Uh, but you put the listings on other platforms. On other platforms, yeah. we're not a channel. Uh, a lot of people get confused and assume that we are a uh, listing channel or a uh, a portal, a listing uh, portal. We are not. We work with all the portals. Our priority is performance for the uh, property owner uh, is uh, putting it in the right hands. Uh, uh, we have broker relationships, each within their area of specialization. So we know who is better in that particular neighborhood and who uh, specializes, for example, in the Palm and who specializes in, in other residential communities in Dubai. And we have a uh, an arrangement that means that we provide them with that inventory at the time where that service is required mm -hmm. and we only pick the ones that actually perform the best in those neighborhoods. So the yeah. idea is to have one point of contact with that property investor and then perform on their behalf Amazing. for their properties. Amazing. Uh, and yeah, so it sounds like that there's a lot that goes into setting up Keeper. You have to, all that technical work the mapping the build and then the providing the services as well have you had has there been a big capital outlay to get this up and running uh in inevitably um and we're only in the initial stages of that capital uh, outlay, but it's very important to understand the uh, total addressable market that we look at uh, in order to see what the investment needs to be. Uh, this is the single largest asset class in the world, and this is the single largest asset class in Dubai. Mm. Uh, it's the biggest investment destination, and it actually is in the uh, tens, if not hundreds of billions of dollars worth in transactions. Um, so it's worth it. Mm. Uh, it's worth the effort going into it. It's also worth it from the perspective of our customer base, mm. because our customer base at the bare minimum has a very significant portion of their personal wealth, of the work that they've you know, gone through over the years and the savings that they've accumulated over the years going into this particular asset class. Uh, we believe it's worth it for them. Okay, for us to invest in making their experience better and making their knowledge and insights about this asset class uh, better. How, how much did you raise? Was it a seed round? Uh, so we raised a seed round. Uh, we've raised in excess of $4 million uh, uh, so far. Uh, the majority of which we launched, uh, we, uh, we raised pre-commercial uh, launch. Um, and from partners that are both from the venture community as well as strategic partners of, uh, of ours. Uh, people who specialize in real estate, both in terms of development and operation and uh, uh, agency businesses basically have participated in our capital, uh, our cap table. Um, and it was it was brilliant because so far we've not spent a penny of marketing, but we our only problem is we have too much inventory coming in and brilliant. too much uh, demand. And that's beautiful when you have a network like the one that we have uh, that we have built with our stakeholders and with our shareholders, as well as of obviously the, the the team that we've built since then. We're we're up to uh, almost forty people right now between Dubai and Amman, Jordan. Amman, Jordan is where the majority of our technology team uh, resides. Uh, but the team that we have uh, in Dubai, including the commercial team, all also come with very significant experience and network 
uh, within the uh, domestic market. So uh, we've not needed to market the product. It's been uh, it's been handed over from one user to the other, which is the sort of network effect that we wanted to test, the sort of market fit that we wanted to achieve before we tell everybody else what we have, uh, what we've been building, and what we're gonna hopefully build further in the future. Yeah, it sounds great in theory. But, you know, when you ask people advice on investments, they will say that property is a good investment, but it's more heavy lifting and more personal work than trading on an app. And yes. you're taking that work out of it. So um, not all of the work, the work will, will, will always be there. I think we <laughs> talked before going on air that sometimes people think certain industries are fully digital. There's no point in fully digitizing yeah. uh, the uh, the real estate industry, but it, because it will always have a personal component to it, mm. it will also always have emotion. It will also always have a uh, biases and personal preferences and and personal targets. and And I don't think that will ever be eliminated. It will never be a digital product end to uh, end. Um, but my issue with it is that um, it's not been assisted by the digital conversion that's happening pretty much everywhere else because of that assumption that it is personal, that it is emotional. Um, we try to eliminate what doesn't need to be emotional in the in the process because we believe that data once captured correctly and processed correctly doesn't lie. All it can give you is more clarity. Mm. Um, and we like to give our investors clarity. We like to give them access to live information. We like to give them access to live valuations, uh, live performance, live cash flows. You know, you just received rent right now. It's in your account. Uh, you need to uh, know that. You need to know it beforehand in order to plan for, you know, uh, for your expenses. Uh, nobody invests in capital because, uh, sorry, in, in, in real estate um, because it's fun. Uh, they invest because they have investment objectives. So we just try to get those investment objectives closer to you and, and more moni uh, mo monitorable by mm. you. Mm. Interesting. And so PropTech, how, what sort of license or uh, free zone did you go about? And was that process easy? We're a DIFC based holding company uh, with subsidy with operating subsidiaries. Uh, so you need a property management license to manage property, of course. So that is a, a Dubai land department uh, license. And uh, you need an agency license also to process uh, transactions. We are a uh, an owner representative uh, uh, effectively. So we represent one side of the agency uh, business, which requires us basically to have that agency uh, license in place. Mm. It also requires us to adhere to the standards of the Dubai Land Department and RIRA when it comes to the processes that we uh, we carry out. But within that context, so much is digitizable that isn't by the uh, legacy industry here or by the mm. conventional uh, industry. And a very simple example is when you go lease a property, mm. right? Uh, be it you being the landlord or you being the tenant. It's a disjointed exercise with too many parties getting involved and too many physical uh, pieces of paper exchanging, uh, exchanging hands uh, with a lot of space for um, uh, mistakes and, uh, uh, and uh, inefficiencies really in the process. Um, we've digitized it end to end. Um, and it is fully digitizable. Uh, the Dubai Land Department has been very forthcoming when it comes to adopting innovative digital solutions when it comes to acceptance, right? But 
adoption from the industry has been very, very low uh, because not a lot of people are willing to make the investment, willing to make the investment in the back end, in digitizing the process, in coming up with a workflow that makes sense and that works and that's been tested and so on. And, and we spent the time doing that. Mm. So today, nobody needs to get out of their seat to get a new tenancy agreement, negotiated, agreed, paid for, signed, processed, and moved into hmm. um, in Amazing. our in our process, and it's and that's the efficiency that the technology gives us. It's not bells and whistles. It's the core of the product that we are addressing that never needed to be physical in the hmm. uh, in in the first place, given where technology is today. And how would you describe you know outside of what you're doing at Keeper the status quo of of the real estate industry business-wise in Dubai and the UAE in terms of who the players are um, on all sides? Is it mature? Is it uh, competitive? How would you describe it? It's definitely maturing. It's definitely competitive. It is one of the core uh, industries uh, of uh, the hub that is uh, Dubai. Um, starting from the financing to the develop uh, to the developers, we're talking about some of the largest listed companies in the Middle East are the developers of the real estate of uh, of Dubai. So you can imagine what that implies in terms of economic value that uh, that the sector uh, brings. Um, the city also is one of the fastest growing uh, global cities in in the world when it comes to both capital and uh, and people. Uh, which implies always that real estate is at the forefront, you know, supply of real estate and real estate as an asset class is, is always, you know, top of mind uh, in terms of conversations, if you like, in Dubai. Everybody's talking. They find out you're in real estate, you're going to get 10 questions in, mm. uh, in, in a sit down. So it's very, very core to, uh, uh, to uh, Dubai. Uh, it's also one of the many recipients of capital. Uh, in Dubai, probably the number one recipient of, uh, of foreign capital is the real estate mm. sector here. So I have to say it's a core, core industry uh, for the city. Um, how is the industry playing out in terms of its participants? I think we're seeing very, very interesting days. Uh, there, is, uh, there, there is much more innovation today than there, uh, than there used to be. Uh, we saw funding rounds for companies that have come up with quite innovative products, such as the fractional ownership uh, space or uh, in terms of digitizing certain processes within the property acquisition uh, process or uh, so on. So uh, it's, it's catching up on a lot of fronts. Uh, it's always had incumbents also that have been strong. Um, and I think it's dynamic enough that a player like ourselves can quickly distinguish uh, themselves if they invest in the right uh, technology in the right space and, and you know, deliver the right message to our uh, target customer base. Fascinating. Yeah, you know, t totally. I, I think what this region and what Dubai has done well, obviously, is real estate. And it's almost the one thing that all business people here know really well. Uh, and it's they kind of stay true to it as other innovations come. But then we have seen, you know, in the last 20 years, well-known sort of players in the digitizing of real estate and on the different elements of it, such as property portals, etc. Uh, if we speak particularly about property portals or then agencies who are who maybe aren't as digital what what who do you think could have done what you're doing and why haven't they done it have they not thought about the property owner as much 
Um, it's a lot of capital upfront requirement. Uh, so I'm not going to claim that they haven't. A lot of people have uh, in, invested in this direction, but they've not invested in proprietary technology, in my view. Um, in the agency business tends to try to find solutions uh, off the shelf, mm. uh, usually. And that's, that's good and well, but that doesn't help innovation in the, uh, in, in the space. You need to be willing to make the investment without the immediate return in order to transition such a big industry into something we believe is new and is, uh, adds a lot of value to the process and to the participants uh, in it. Uh, the portals have done better uh, in, in terms of uh, digitization, but portals, in my view, are, are absolutely, you know, they're the grandfathers of, uh, of uh, prop tech, and I don't know if they will find that as a good term or not, but in my view, they tend to be um, uh, sort of prop tech 1.0. Mm. Uh, there's a lot more that can be done in that space, there's a lot further integration that can be done in that space with, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the transactional side of the business that they haven't done uh, so far. Um, but I think uh, it's because the agency business is so fragmented is that not a lot of innovation has gotten into the agency business. Uh, maybe property management is a little bit more concentrated, but still extremely fragmented. So we've not seen a leader in technology in that space in particular uh, emerge. And, and we think it leaves a big gap in the market for somebody to, uh, to emerge to, uh, to cover that spot. Because today we still, by and large, purchase property, invest in property, manage property the same way we did 20 years ago. And no industry I know of is there. Mm. And do you see similar companies to Keeper in other markets? Uh, there are, yes. I mean, I, I, wouldn't say, uh, I, I wouldn't say identical. We haven't cloned anybody for uh, this but it works elsewhere. Product, but the concept works very well elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, there's been startups in particular out of the US, but also in other places uh, that have consolidated hundreds of thousands of properties and uh, uh, thousands of property owners into a singular uh, into a singular platform where they reside, where they live, where they transact, where they uh, where they manage and where they uh, where they monitor. Mm. Um, and uh, we have the same end uh, end goal. Uh, but I think because we're starting now, we have access to even better technology than, you know, a, a, a somebody who attempted this two or three years ago. And where does this go, the, the whole sort of real estate digital transformation? Do you think it, it's a zero-sum game? Do you think there's one big winner or do you think it oh, can... Oh, absolutely not. And there, there, there shouldn't be. I don't think it's a winner takes all uh, sort of uh, industry because, well, for one, the I think the consumer in real estate wouldn't allow it. Uh, uh, but uh, also uh, the other thing is it's a very lucrative space mm. uh, and you will always get competitors that will want to fund, you know, the next big thing in this uh, uh, in this space. Um, I think the market's big enough to have a lot of innovators in the space without having to step over each other. The portal industry might be a little bit different. Uh, the portal industry tends to lend itself to a winner-takes-all mentality because you will always try to search 
where all the properties are, mm. right? So whoever has inventory will always have a uh, an, an advantage. It's a little bit like the Amazon uh, Amazons of the world. Uh, the transactional business doesn't doesn't function exactly the same way. A good market share in in the transactional front in real estate would be three percent, mm. right? That would be extremely lucrative, but the total addressable market in the transactional front is probably around 50 to 100 times larger than the portal space. What do you mean the transactional part? The it's price of the value, the property? The, or? the value. The revenue is actually generated Generally. within the space. Okay. So if I consolidate all the uh, agency commissions on sales and all the agency commissions on rentals and all the property management fees and all the agency commissions on mortgage provision and all the uh, sort of revenue that you can generate from other financial uh, product, real estate related financial products, that value uh, significantly exceeds the, uh, the total revenue being generated by portals uh, yeah. in, uh, in the industry. So it's a bigger prize for sure. And um, so you're not necessarily doing uh, the transaction yourself. You're working with the portals, Absolutely. but you are putting the property owner first. And one of the things the property owner can't do now is sell their property themselves. They can't list it on a portal. They have to use an agent. Yes. Uh, would you be empowering them around that path in the future? Uh, absolutely. Em empowering them doesn't mean necessarily that Hosting they uh, they they no longer deal with agency businesses. Agency businesses have an important function to uh, uh, to play. Uh, but giving them more control over the process and more visibility and immediate reporting and understanding of what's going on by that agent becomes what is uh, what we can improve significantly. Mm. Giving back control to the owner of the asset effectively, rather than keeping the control of the process with the uh, with, with the agent. Okay, so switching tack a little bit from property to other asset classes. Other asset classes have been inherently digital trading and things like that. And what you've done in the property sector has been available to people in other asset classes for decades. Uh, for, and it works quite well. So are you trying to, uh, do you think that that's where you'll get market share from as well, from people, uh, asset class switches, basically? Um, asset class switches happen usually um, based on the performance of the asset class itself. So you're going to find these days a lot of people exiting crypto, right? Because it's not been doing that uh, that great. And there are a lot of uh, issues popping up related to regulation and bankruptcies. And, and trust with platforms as well. Exactly, yeah. trust with platforms and so on. While on the flip side, and, and maybe particular to markets like Dubai, we've been having a very, very strong uh, year or two. Uh, in, in terms of the market. So you will see asset switchers, people exiting from these very liquid but um, uh, speculative uh, investment spaces and say, you know what, now time for something solid, uh, something that may not jump 100% in a period of two months, uh, but also that I can trust will not collapse in value and has an inherent return built in, which is the rental uh, income that you can generate on the asset. So that switch happens based on performance, usually not based on ease of access necessarily. Um, I think what, what we want is the existing 
market share of real estate. It doesn't need to go bigger. It's it's already the largest asset class that that any investor's portfolio is is put into, or average investor's portfolio mm. is put into. What we want to do is make it number one more. Um, transparent and more potentially more more liquid by uh, you know facilitating and 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 solving for some of the you know frictions and some of the bottlenecks that exist in the process, uh, not necessarily increasing the market share of real estate. It's already very very healthy uh, in terms of investment. But do you think that because Dubai is such a and UAE is such a real estate real estate so prevalent in the economy here? Uh, do you think that people are more likely to seek out investments in that space or are people attracted to other asset classes a bit more in the future as the city evolves? Um, I, I think all asset classes will remain popular. Um, cryptocurrency excluded from that statement because it's yet to prove its, its, its utility as an asset. In my view, at least, I know, I'm, you know there's a lot of haters I might get for that. <laughs> but in, in my view, the utility isn't proven uh, yet for that asset class. But for the rest of it, um, I'm, I'm a big fan of the equities markets. I'm a big fan of what they do in terms of building up an economy and assisting startups uh, that are domestic and, uh, and, and so on. Uh, my opinion is that Dubai attracts uh, investment in, in real estate because of the collection of uh, factors that it has delivered in that mm. uh, in that space. It's very attractive as a city. It's very open as a city. It's very accommodating as a city. And the product itself, the real estate product, is phenomenal. It's mm. uh, it's might be the best in the uh, in in the world. Uh, it tends to be relatively liquid, uh, which means if you buy a reasonably priced property, you will not have to wait a prolonged period of time to be able to exit it if you wanted to. And in terms of financial solutions, also access to them is relatively good uh, could be better in some areas mm. I, I, our opinion and we are working on building products that are much easier and much more convenient for the type of, of, of buyers that we talk to which are the investors not the end users an end user wants a mortgage you know wants to buy it to pay something other than his rent mm. right so they will always compare the rent that they were paying in their property versus uh, the uh, mortgage payments that they mm. have on the uh, asset they bought. For the investor, the requirement is very different. The, the, the cash flows are different. The purpose of the acquisition is very different. The purpose of the acquisition is to generate an income, and that income itself can be a financial asset. And that's you know that's the investment banker in me trying to to digitize that mm. element of it and then make it a solution uh, for the uh, mm. uh, for the investor. It sounds like if we take equities, for example, it sounds like what you're saying is that innovation will help, uh, you know, if, if say there's a lot of IPOs in the market right now, yet there aren't trading apps that the, NG, that the user can invest in the, in the domestic stock markets or regional. Um, so that industry needs innovation, but equally uh, in the property space, that if there's more solutions like Keeper, then more investment will end up in that space with with more innovation absolutely more investment and i think a broader investor base mm. um, uh, keeper is you know if you ask me what the ideal customer of keeper looks like uh, it's not the exclusive customer but the ideal one doesn't reside in dubai mm. uh, so he's one or two degrees removed from the goings-on 
uh, not as informed about what's going on and maybe uh, you know, tempted by hearsay or headlines, you know, to think in a certain way about the market without having the insights enough to, to make the right decision about their uh, investments. Uh, what Keeper does is give him, uh, you know, feet on the ground, effectively, mm-hmm. give him good live understanding of that uh, investment, which gives them comfort, which may mean that they will allocate more assets Mm -hmm. or more capital into this asset uh, class. And then, you know, tell his uh, circle about this great investment that they did in Dubai, display it digitally on our app to show them how it's performing, what it looks like, the digital twin in there push it forward the property cart to them, which makes them download the app and, and see his properties and then potentially activate an investment in in Dubai through that. I, I see that journey. Interesting. Uh, I hope that journey happens. <laughs> uh, a, a lot of the journeys we envisioned at the beginning of the year have started happening. We're seeing them with their clients, how they're behaving on the app, how they're activating certain things. So so I feel like the profile I told you about is where we, we feel that, you know, one of the core product market fits that we're trying to achieve would start happening. Brilliant. And what's in the roadmap, uh, you know, as we look towards 2023, what are your plans for Keeper? Um, I think the most important thing, well, the, the, the public market launch uh, where people will be hearing a little bit more about us, I think that's, that's critical, understanding what it is the value that we're trying to bring to the, uh, uh, to the table, the solutions to their experience that we're trying to put on the table. Uh, but the other part is really the product, it is evolving that product to where it is constant, regular value generation for mm-hmm. the uh, user. Um, as well as activating the financial solutions, which is the trickiest but most interesting part of what we uh, what we will be doing. What, what what will they be? So, what one of the biggest frictions you have over here in the experience of of rental on the one end from a renter side and property ownership uh, or investment on the other is the terms of the tenancies. Majority of tenancies in Dubai are paid upfront by a significant margin. It's a big, big burden on a uh, on a renter, on a uh, on a tenant. Um, but there has not been a solution because it's, it's generally dependent on the landlord's requirements. I want four payments. The contract is for a year. I want four payments, which means you're always paying three months in advance. Some, in some cases, six months or a whole year in advance for that rent. And what we're bringing to the table is effectively a solution that bridges the two, where the landlord can receive the payment up front and the tenant can make easier monthly payments on Amazing. the same. Uh, on the same rental. Uh, It's a financial solution for the landlord where they give up the default risks that they have, including managing 12 different checks, which no landlord wants to uh, uh, wants to really do. And it's a solution for the uh, tenant who may be able to afford the property based on their monthly income, but cannot afford or do not want to borrow, basically, to pay for that upfront payment, especially if it's a new rent, by the way. It's, it's not just that upfront payment. You, you have your move-in expenses, you have your commissions and the registration of the rent and, and so on and so forth. So it becomes a very, very heavy burden on a conventional tenant um, we're stepping in the middle and we're, uh, we're we're allowing the landlord to receive it in a single payment and the tenant to uh, pay it down in uh, in 12 amazing and, and digitally which means you use your credit card to pay your rent we deduct it on a specific set date 
every month. Amazing. Would you need a financial partner for that? We do have a financial partner, a yeah. financial institution that uh, is in the uh, uh, th that is the financial supporter, if you like, of this uh, solution. We're launching it not to the market all at once. Of yeah. course, uh, we are we're launching that uh, that product to our the properties under our management, where we have control over the process. Uh, and where we can take over the default risk if it exists from the uh, from the tenant and can uh, you, you know move that relationship uh, forward. So mm -hmm. the initial steps will be only for properties under our management, but we have hundreds of properties right now directly under our management, and we will be piloting uh, probably until the, the the first half of 2023 on uh, on these properties. Uh, it's a, it's an offer. You're not obliged to uh, to use it, but it's an uh, it's an offer uh, that is a facilitation. It's an additional solution on the table that you can uh, utilize at no additional effort. Amazing. Okay, great. So two questions to finish, both with your economic forecast hat on. One specifically about the real estate market uh, and then more about the general economy in the region. So how obviously the real estate market is going through a bit of a, a, a boom at the moment, especially in, in Dubai and the UAE. Uh, but there might be some headwinds with uh, interest rates and things like that. How do you see things playing out over the next year or so? Absolutely. And that's that's a great question. And it's not one that I necessarily have a very strong opinion on yet, because it's two competing influences at the same time. Interest rates are higher. So your mortgage is going to be more expensive if you're going to if you're going to buy that property. Um, and it might dissuade you from that acquisition today, which means that the demand side right now is under pressure. At the same time, when interest rates are higher, yields are higher, if you're getting in the bank the same as or more than you would get if you invest in a property in terms of yield, that's also going to dissuade you from making that uh, that investment or it's going to work against making that uh, investment. Um, having said that, the the population trends in Dubai all indicate that demand is very good. Um, days on market for a property to rent out have shortened by half compared to around 18 months ago. Um, property rental prices have gone through the roof in a lot of neighborhoods in, uh, in Dubai, which is also an indicator of very, very healthy rental demand. So when you have prices going on of rent and occupancy rates high, so vacancy is very, very low, that's an indicator of an extremely healthy uh, demand side in the uh, in the market. Um, mm -hmm. Is there steam going to come out? Yes, there have been capital injections into real estate in the city coming from outside that were a spike. I don't think that spike will continue or at least not continue from the same sources. Mm. So that might tail off some of the more speculative or immediate or cash-based investment that's coming into the uh, the market. But the truth is we also had a lot of amazing reforms that happened uh, over the last uh, year to a year and a half, uh, economically, socially, and even in terms of incentives like golden visa or so. So people are more rooted these days over here and they feel more comfortable making that investment mm. in real estate what they can't take back with them basically mm. that, uh, that that's a sign of rooting um, and I feel that that might continue to outweigh the interest rate argument um, but it depends how far the interest rates go mm. right 
I don't think the market is due for a crash. I don't think the market is yet at the levels where we were in 2014, by the way. Uh, And that's not including some bubble area. I wouldn't call them bubble, but some areas that are priced slightly differently, that are becoming extremely exclusive uh, areas that are seeing demand that is extremely exclusive, that is sort of removing them from the general market. They tend to make the headlines. They make it sound that the market performance was actually better than it was. But the majority, I would say 90 to 95% of the market uh, the residential market in, in particular, is still not back at the 2015-2014 uh, level. So that's also a comforting factor. If you're looking at the real market, the majority of the market, healthy levels, healthy yields, um, no major bubble concerns from my end on that front. Good to hear. Positive notes for people uh, who want to invest in this region as well. Um, but speaking of that, uh, what's your view on the Middle East as an emerging market? Are you bullish for the region? Um, for once, we're, we're acting very counter cyclically, as they say, uh, which means we're having a great time where there's recession going on out there. Now, I worry about decoupling arguments because at some point in that time, global demand down on everything means that it will drag the rest of the region down. Having said that, I think we, we, we have a fantastic couple of years to come when it comes to uh, the economic performance regionally uh, because it is backed up by initiatives that make thing, these things possible, mm. right? It's, it's much easier to start a company today. It's much easier to be innovative. It's much easier to raise funding from the right sources that will be supportive. Uh, so um, I'm loving what I'm seeing. Uh, I feel like we have at least a couple of more years to go off a very healthy environment before maybe a period of slowdown could would, uh, would kick in. So I'm, I'm still a bull on the market. Amazing. Brilliant. Well, thanks so much for your time this morning, Willie. Really interesting to hear about Keeper and what you're doing and sharing your thoughts as well. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks a lot.